When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Thursday, January 18th, 2024. This is another edition of Football Today. You know that dude, Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose. Producer Mikey is along for the ride as well. We're going to get you all set for Divisional Weekend. But first, oh, oh, oh that news out of Dallas, Texas. Hey, Mark, Mike McCarthy's going to get another shot at it. Jerry Jones announced it uh, via social media that he is returning for yet another season. Uh, is this A, shocking, and B, are you okay with the move? It's not shocking. We talked about it on Monday where it's like you felt like you had to do it, but Jerry Jones has gotten kind of soft with this in his older age. Uh, you know, it, I mean, after they missed the playoffs in, in 2019, it took them a seven-day deliberation to fire Jason Garrett after, you know, actually much lesser performances than, you know, what Mike McCarthy's put together. So it's not surprising in that. And on paper, it, it does make sense, right? Like, he's won 12 games the last three years. They have the number one offense in the NFL, number five defense. The issue is, like, this team, we need to start judging the Cowboys on playoff performances and versus winning teams alone. And they come up short every single time. And you say, well, why does a team that's that talented do that? And you look at the head coach and you look at the quarterback who's shown up small in both those uh, moments. But you can't just get rid of Dak. You can get rid of McCarthy. So am I shocked? No, I'm not. I sit here and think, and I need your help here. A lot of people are saying, well, Jerry's ego is the one that's taking over here. He would rather have somebody that he can control than somebody a la Bill Belichick or Jim Harbaugh, whom we're not even sure if he picked up the phone and even said hello to either of those two people. Um do you think that that's the reason Jerry doesn't want to change, or do you think he just doesn't like change in general? I think he's becoming more friendly with like the day to day, like with the coaches and stuff. Um, I, 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 no, I think there is it is smart to like not overreact and right, but I feel like you know Greg Olson said it on the broadcast of you know there's going to be overreactions to this, and it's like. Any other situation, it would make sense to not overreact. But I feel like with the Cowboys, it's time to over. Like, there's you can't mm-hmm. you can't just look at numbers and stuff. You kind of have to play this the way you do. And I actually think like like Jerry Jones is the GM has kind of handed things over to his son to Will McClay, and they've done a great job of team building. But it's just their head coach, and then their quarterback, who's a really good quarterback, a top ten quarterback in the NFL. Coming off his best season, have come up short year after year. You know, I mean, if you look at the first the first halves of their last three playoff losses, they've had twenty points because I don't want to count all the garbage points that they had versus Green Bay. Ten sacks allowed in those games. You know, two of those were losses to wild card teams with quarterbacks of Jimmy Garoppolo um, and Jordan Love. Jordan Love's obviously been playing really well. Um, Like it's it's hard for me to get on board with bringing McCarthy back. Okay, let me play this side of it for you. And here's the reason. I think that because we've never had a coaching free agent market like the one we've got today with Belichick, Pete Carroll, Jim Harbaugh, 
and Mike Vrabel all available. I mean, that's never going to happen again where you've got four high-quality dudes that could just be yours if you figure out a price and responsibilities. Andy Reid, in his first five playoff games in Kansas City, what do you think his record was? Uh, I don't know. Well, it's only 0-5. 0-5, 1-4? 1-4 is correct. And that include included losses at Indianapolis after they were up by several touchdowns. It also included in that group a home loss to Marcus Mariota and the Tennessee Titans. Not exactly, you know, world beaters there that we're talking about. Um, They stuck with him. They stuck with him. Now, I know Andy Reid, we're talking about Andy Reid and Mike McCarthy. However, the difference is Mike McCarthy had won a Super Bowl. He has won a Super Bowl by this point. Andy Reid had not. Andy Reid had been to one Super Bowl as coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, and I know that he's one of the greatest minds ever, and nobody would ever put them in the same class. But my point is, is that they, I suppose Kansas City could have said, hey, you know what, Andy? You're doing a great job here in the regular season, but we need a, we need some sort of boost here when we get to the playoffs. Something isn't quite right. They could have played that card. Sure, and then they got the best quarterback in the NFL, you know, after that, right? So right. are the Cowboys going to do that, right? Do, but we also – I view Dak in much higher regard than I ever did Alex Smith at the same time as well. So, totally. like, again, I, I think a lot of this is on Dak's plate, right? I'm not putting this all on Mike McCarthy. But, I, like, they have – they turned into a CD Lamb show this year. And the Packers knew it, and they just closed in their coverages on CeeDee Lamb. And then, you know, Dak's throwing two interceptions in the first half, not getting to his other reads. And then, obviously, Jake Ferguson had, a you know, a bunch of yards and three touchdowns. But that was when the game was already over. Um, like, do you – like, so if – all right, let me ask you this. Do you think Mike McCarthy with that Chiefs – team before Patrick Mahomes there is like doing the things that they did because I don't think so like I mean McCarthy probably shouldn't have even gotten this job in the first place he went on this PR tour that was total malarkey uh right you know he talked about how he learned so much about the game basically it was just some coaches getting together once a week having a good old time told Jerry Jones he watched every single Cowboys game on film and then his first press conference was like no actually I didn't do that you know you got to do what you got to do to get a job like I'm not sitting here saying McCarthy's some awful head coach, but the expectations have to be not just higher for the Cowboys, but much higher. Like to to have one playoff win in these four years versus a team that was under 500 is not acceptable results. I don't care how good you are in the regular season, and they don't beat winning teams in the regular season either, right? We finally yeah. kind of crowned the gave them their flowers when they beat the Eagles, but we. You know, we look back at it now like, oh, my gosh, the Eagles just suck. They lost to literally every single team on their schedule the rest of the way. Every single team. The only team they won was against the Giants, who they lost it two weeks later. I'm with you. Listen, I wouldn't have hired him in the first place. I'm just throwing it out there about the the whole Andy Reid playoff situation until the world's greatest quarterback dropped into his lap. So there you go. Let's move on to the games this weekend. Packers, they dispensed to the Dallas Cowboys. Last weekend, what is the biggest key to pulling off an even bigger upset against top-seeded San Francisco on Saturday? I mean, you just got to throw disguised looks at Purdy and, and just bait him into interceptions. It It's going to be an uphill battle versus the Packers. I mean, they're severely un- overwhelmed with talent. Uh, you know, they're a bottom-five rushing defense versus, you know, the best rushing team in the NFL. 
you know, they could, you know, it's not the Cowboys where you can close in on CeeDee Lamb, the Brock Purdy and the 49ers. If you close out one thing, they're going to hit every, you know, Kittle or Ayuk or Debo or whoever, you know, uh, Christian McCaffrey. If they pull this out, man, this is, they're going to have to, this thing has to be a barn burner or they're going to have to bait Purdy into like two or three interceptions, which is a lot easier said than done. Yeah, I don't feel that it's going to happen. I know a lot of people are like, hey, look out. Green Bay's hot. Jordan Love, 21 touchdowns, one pick in the last nine games. All that's, you know, playing with house money. They're young. They have nothing to lose. Well, that's not true. They do. They have, they could lose a game and we don't know where they're going to be next year. Like maybe that division is great. Um, and they don't get back. I, I don't know. Here's the problem. And you already mentioned it. It's the diversity of the Shanahan offense. For the first time ever in NFL history, a team had a running back, a tight end, and two receivers each get over 1,000 yards from scrimmage in the same season. Had never happened till this year. So what does that mean? You take away this, we'll take that. And that's what they do better than any team out there. They just are so good. There's nobody, no such thing as locking in on one guy in the San Francisco Shanahan scheme. And, defense, and we haven't even started talking about the San Francisco defense. Go ahead. And that's why Purdy has elevated them so much more than a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo is because he, his ability to process and like, okay, that's closed off. That's going to be closed off. Even when it doesn't look like it immediately get there. Um, obviously he's been baited into a few interceptions this year on those, uh, you know, those intermediate middle throws mm-hmm. on those dig routes. But that's where where Purdy to me elevates this offense so much, despite the fact that if you place him on the Chargers offense, he doesn't look as good as Justin Herbert or, or something in you know, the the never ending Brock Purdy conversation. That it's again, it's it's just an uphill but it's too much of an uphill battle for Green Bay. Like I, I will be shocked if they pulled out this game. Yeah. Like they're you could tell me the Texans blow out the Ravens, and I would be less shocked than the Packers pulling out this versus the 49ers. I'm with you. Uh, speaking of that game, it's the early one on Saturday. Uh, number one seed Baltimore Ravens. They'll kick off divisional round weekend by hosting Red Hot Houston. Do you expect the Texans to do to the Ravens defense what he did to Cleveland's last Saturday? No, because the Browns are a this is what we do type of offense, and the Ravens are very much not that. Uh, and I think they're going to really try and limit the big plays that C.J. Stroud looks for. I mean, C.J. Stroud has, uh, you know, him and Brock Purdy have been the two best deep passers in the NFL. I think just if going by eye test, it's been Stroud. You know, the only two games that he didn't complete a deep pass this year were versus the Jets and then the Ravens. Obviously, the Ravens were week one, but still, like that does count uh, for something. But that being said, I'm I'm so excited because Stroud is not like, oh, just throw the ball deep or bust, right? Like he knows how to hit all of the field. He knows how to extend stuff in the pocket. He's going to have his blind side protected with Larry Tunsil. So whoever they're having line up over on that side is not going to really be able to get uh, generate pressure. Um, I'm so excited for this game. And I don't think the rate, you know, I don't, I don't think this Houston's Texans defense is something that the Baltimore Ravens are just going to be able to go and overwhelm either. Yeah, I'm I'm really kind of stuck on this one a little bit because I love the way that Houston's playing. I think Bobby Slowick is in an incredible hot streak as far as play calling. But man, Mike McDonald, it just feels like he is ready to be like, okay, you ready to throw something at us? We've got something else for you. And the fact that the Ravens led the league in both sacks and takeaways 
It just shows you that they can do whatever they need to to win games, man. They are ferocious. And we haven't even started talking about Lamar Jackson and what he can do. There are some people that are worried. Well, listen, he hasn't played since week 17, right? And um, he might be a little bit rusty. And it's not like he's got this great playoff record. I believe he's one and three overall. I'm not really worried about him and that Baltimore offense. Are you? Well, I want to ask you because I, I, Lamar has to show up because, you know, I, judging him purely off of playoff performances, I don't think it's fair. And I think, like, I know we just kind of did that with Dak a little bit, but Dak's been in the league a lot longer. And Lamar is like, a, to me, just a clearly better quarterback than Dak. But if we want to talk about Lamar consistently with the Mahomes, um, I you know the you know Burrow and Allen, right? Well, she's right there with those guys. But to like be ahead of them, he's got to do better in the playoffs, and he has been bad, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's been flat out bad in the playoffs. He's thrown interceptions in every single game. Yep. You know, they're the last time that he played a playoff game, his team scored three points. His defense allowed 10. He threw a pick six in the red zone that lost that game for them. You know, obviously they had that good game versus the Titans uh, that year, but they lost to the Tennessee Titans in the year Ryan Tannehill joined them uh, with only 12 points. I'm not going to count his rookie year. He was a much worse quarterback at that point. He's taken sacks. Like, uh, I mean, he has to show up and show up big because – if if he loses this game and doesn't mm-hmm. look good and has turnovers, like you can talk about, oh, he's being like you can say, oh, it's not fair, if, you know, to talk about him as being a playoff bust. But at that point, he kind of is. It doesn't mean he can't turn it around. Other great QBs have. Peyton Manning struggled in the playoffs early, but it. We will be in what what year is it going to be for Lamar? Um, this was six. Yeah, so it'll be. I mean, we'll be going to year seven without really much any playoff success except for one. 20-point outing versus the Titans. Well, then it'll be very much in line with Peyton Manning because he's about to win his second MVP, which was something that Manning had accomplished before he got to the big game and then got the appreciation Super Bowl MVP trophy after they beat the Bears. Um, But yeah, listen, if they lose, then that's going to be the huge narrative. I don't care whether or not the Ravens score 30 points. It's going to be that. It's going to be, you know, Lamar... Didn't do enough. Uh, yeah, I mean, God, if they score, if he, if he, if they score thirty and look good offensively, I'm not going to be like, oh, so he doesn't no. show up in the playoffs. But if they, if he looks like he has in every playoff game except for the one game versus the Titans, then it, then it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, that's got to, that's a narrative that will be out there. I don't think that it happens this weekend. Now we could get to championship Sunday against either the Bills or the Chiefs, and then we, then we're really talking. Um, that could be super, super interesting. It's the NFL playoffs. Teams are entering the home stretch, and glory is in sight. We've teamed up with DraftKings, an official partner of the NFL. And right now, they have an offer you don't want to miss. All new customers will get $200 in bonus bets instantly when they place their first $5 wager on anything. So download the DraftKings app now and use promo code FOOTBALL today. Wondering uh, what you can use your $200 in bonus bets on? Combine multiple bets together from the same game for a shot and even bigger payout. If sports betting is not yet available in your state, not to worry. You can still join in on all the fun with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports. Mike, well, who's your uh, pick for the Super Bowl? Uh, I, I I think I got to go with the, uh, the 49ers. Hmm. What's your I pick? We're getting... I think we're getting a San Fran Kansas City rematch from 2019 Ooh. season. 
uh, my Browns are out. Download the DraftKings Sports app now. New customers use promo code FOOTBALL today. Bet just $5 in any wager and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code FOOTBALL today, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. You'll be glad you did. Uh, speaking of the other game, first time ever, Patrick Mahomes has to play a road playoff game as the Chiefs will visit Buffalo. How big of a deal is that? I think it's just a big deal because Patrick Mahomes is so damn good, and that's such a great stat. I mean, they've had the best record in the AFC four out of the five years he's been the QB. Um, you know, not the one seed every year, but the best record. And then the one year that they didn't have was the Ravens 14 and two. Well, what, what did they do that year? They won the fucking Super Bowl. Um, so I think it's a big deal. Now I, I don't view it as like, oh, they're going to Buffalo. They are there. That's a massive disadvantage. I trust this team on the road. Um, again, if their wide receivers don't, don't screw them. I like the chiefs. I really do. I think they've been good. I don't think the even though the Bills have went on a winning streak since they fired Ken Dorsey, I don't think their offense has been better uh, without him. I I like the Chiefs in this game. Oh boy! Uh, so the Bills have played very well at home, right? They have lost one game, and that was that Monday nighter against Denver, where they turned it over on the first play and they couldn't stop turning it over, and it ended up being Ken Dorsey's final game as the play caller in Buffalo. Um, it feels like since then they've kind of hit their stride a little bit. There have been some games where they haven't played great, but they have won, I believe it's now six in a row, including yeah, last some tight week's games play. versus the Chargers and Patriots yeah. in there, but they've yep. won. Yep, they have won. They have won. Uh, the thing I worry about with Buffalo is their number of defensive injuries, right? I mean, they lost some huge, huge names, obviously, in the beginning of the year with Milano and Tredavious White. And then last week, there were a bunch of guys that limped off the field. Bernard, Spector, Benford, who's played great this year in the secondary. They did not have Rasul Douglas, who I saw was back at practice this week. That was good for him. Taylor Rapp, who's coming off of an injured calf. We know that those are tricky. So they're going to be without a ton of playmakers, possibly, on the defensive side of the football against, against that demon who throws the ball. I know those dudes have had a hard time catching it, but at some point, you think that'll stop. Man, I think Mahomes has been pretty damn – like, he was really good last week versus the Dolphins, right? Great. But, they, but, like, yeah, like, you know, that was a, a top five coldest game in NFL history. The only guys who had better games than him last week were Jordan Love, C.J. Stroud, and, and Matthew Stafford, Um, you know, in my opinion. Um, and, you know, they these teams have both played the Bills and or the Dolphins in the last two weeks. The Chiefs handled them. The Bills, you know, they won. It wasn't like a struggle, but you know, it was it was a Close game up. at the end. You know, um, you know, but you kind of felt good about the Bills in that game throughout. Uh I I like this Chiefs. I think they have the better quarterback and then they have the better defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I I I went and looked at some Joe Brady, Ken Dorsey splits. You know, they're averaging over 10 points per game more with Ken Dorsey. Now, I know opponent matters in that. Right. But they didn't. Ha- they haven't had these offensive performances. Now, they've ran the ball a lot more. Cook has five more carries per game, which is the difference of like six and 32nd in carries per game this year. But his efficiencies went down. He went from 5.1 yards per carry to 4.3, which is a huge difference. Big drop. Um, so if they can... Like, I like what they're doing, right? They're, they're understanding, hey, it's, it's a little less efficient. We're not getting as many you know, yards per carry, but we are being a more balanced offense and we're controlling the ball a little more. But you got to have some big plays in the run game and that run game to really, really work versus Chiefs defense for 
for them to put up 28 to 31 points, which I think is what it's going to take to win it. All right, so you'll take the Chiefs. I'll take the Bills. We'll meet on Monday. Um, You said it earlier this week on our show that Baker Mayfield is great when he has that chip on his shoulder, and it sounds like maybe he's got it again as the Bucs head to Detroit this weekend. C.J. Gardner-Johnson, who is a guy who just can – he should constantly wear a mouth guard because that guy can just not stop talking. Brevard County's finest. Is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have friends who went to school with him and stuff. Did he talk a lot back then? Mm-hmm. They're like, yep, yep, he's kind of an asshole. We okay. saw him at the training camp, and he was like, was like I, I was shocked that they didn't fight because he was just every single play. Every single play was hitting people and talking shit. Well, he was recently talking about a game, and then he brought up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver core, and he said that group could be great if you gave them a good quarterback. Now, Mayfield was asked about it in his press conference on Wednesday. Totally downplayed it. He said, listen, that guy's a good player. He goes, yeah, I get it. Uh, but will that be enough, meaning the chip on Baker's shoulder to lift Tampa to a road win? Baker also pointed out that he mentioned Russell Gage and yes. was like, yeah, you know, Russell Gage He's has got to study more film, right? Because we haven't had Russell Gage all season. This was this the game versus the Lions this year was their worst scoring day for the Bucks mm-hmm. this year. And I went and looked at it. Baker threw the ball deep 27% of the time, and they just weren't able to hit on that type of stuff. And Mike Evans had you know, four catches on 10 targets. If they can turn that into seven catches on 10 targets and 95 yards or 115 yards and a touchdown, I think they'll have a chance, right? Because, you know, the like the Lions like to play man coverage. They're not really great at it. And you have Mike Evans who can take advantage of that, right? Who can have this takeover game. So I think this game's going to be tighter. I think it's going to be a lot closer of a game than it was um you know earlier in the season on top of that Detroit is really feels like an easy choice here for a lot of people right the Bucks had to struggle all the way to week 18 and win nine nothing at Carolina just to solidify itself a playoff position and then they took care of the Eagles which is great but everybody's like well the Eagles suck so what does that mean anyway whereas a lot of people were like okay Detroit First home playoff game in 30 years. They win that. We see the groundswell of emotion, the whole bit. But not only that, they also beat one of the hottest teams in the NFL in the Rams. So a lot of people are going, check, check. Like, Detroit's checking all these boxes. They're coming in, and they're the team that's supposed to win this weekend. And when was the last time we could say that about Detroit, where it was definitive? There were a lot of people picking the Rams last week. A lot. And now everybody's like, oh, okay. And I think that is the perfect scenario for Baker in this team. Perfect. I would not be shocked if on Sunday night or Sunday afternoon or whatever time that game's going to end, that the Bucs are walking into the NFC title game. Yeah, it's – damn, you just said the Bucs going into the NFC title game. Like, oh, my God, that's a real possibility. I think this it game is. will be a lot tighter, but I, I do have more faith in the Lions. I think Amon Ross St. Brown's going to go off this week. He had 12 catches, 120 yards, and a touchdown in his last matchup. He was huge last week on third down. Um, and, like, the blitzing and pass rush is what makes the Bucks so deadly on defense, and the Lions have one of the best offensive lines yes, in football. Uh, now, I know the Eagles were supposed to have one of the best offensive lines, but their offense didn't have receiving answers for the blitz. The Lions are going to have that. Specifically, Amon Ross St. Brown. So I I think we're going to get that. And it's just, to me, it's whether 
Baker can take advantage of those big play opportunities that are going to be there for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and even Trey Palmer. Um, you know, and they were able to get chunk plays in that last game. They just weren't efficient at all. So those chunk plays are going to be available there for them. You got to hit on them. You got to be accurate. And, you know, two or three players can make the difference in this game. Now, here's the one last point I want to make about the the Bucks. Whenever we talked about them during the season, I said, what the hell did they do well? And let's be honest here. The answer is really not much. Bottom 10 in both total offense and total defense. Only one other team in the last 30 years has made the divisional round when they've been ranked that low. And that was the 2010 Seahawks who won the Beastquake game oh, when, yes. they were, when they were below 500 during the year. And then they didn't end up making it to the NFC Championship game. So the Bucks could have a little history on their side. They end up winning this thing. It'll be fascinating if that happens. We'll see. Who won Rookie of the Year that year? 2010. Are we talking offensive or defensive? Offensive. It plays into the Seahawks. Uh... 2010 Offensive Rookie of the Year. I want to make sure I'm right on this. I mean, okay. So I'm. Do you want? Do you want to give a shot or? No, go for it. Uh, it was Sam Bradford because remember they were playing for the division wait, title. Wait a but... second, you just said the Seahawks, so I'm thinking Seahawks. But yeah, it played into the, the Seahawks rookie. because yeah. they played for the division title. Yes. at the end of the year, Seahawks versus Rams. So we almost yes, got Sam did. Bradford. Uh, you know, playoff game first year. So Sam Bradford won rookie of the year Got the it. year after stealing the Heisman from Tim Tebow. That's still bullshit. Do you want to, uh, you want to do Gerard Mayo or no? Yeah, let's talk about it. I, I don't okay. have like any crazy takes, but I do okay. have worries about the Patriots. So this is a guy who, as you remember, was a first round pick of the Patriots in 2008, won several Super Bowls with them, went out into the business world, got some experience, came back, started coaching. And now he's the guy replacing Bill Belichick. And he is uh, he's definitely going to be his own man, as he told us at the press conference. I want people around me that are going to question my ideas or question the way we have done things in the past. Because realistically, this game's a lot different than when I, when I was drafted in 2008. At the same time, that's why I try to spend so much time in developing young men and young women so they know I don't want to teach them you know, what, what to think. I want to teach them how to think. Uh, his press conference was awesome. I watched it and I had it on. My wife was sitting down doing some work in the background. She was listening. She was like, this guy sounds awesome. I was like, yeah, he definitely won the press conference. No question. Um, what do you think his chances of success are up there? I don't know, but here's what I will say. I don't like the plan of, all right, let's move on from Bill and let's just bump everybody up one spot in the mm, organization. You know, my Giants did that in, you know, 2016 with firing Coughlin and literally no one else was was moved off of, um, you know, and there's even like some date, like I know everyone like Gerard Mayo and just basically said they're taking a quarterback yesterday, which again, I, I know that's like not the biggest, you know, surprise in the world and it's not a, a secret. Like we all assume that, but still it's like, you know, hold your cards to your chest. It's just kind of part of being in the NFL. So. I have I have no take of like oh this is why Gerard Mayo is going to be a good or bad coach in the NFL like if the Chargers had hired him right I, I don't have those these big takes now their defenses have been really good but we've seen some really good defensive coordinators for the Patriots or coordinators for the Patriots not succeed elsewhere that I just don't 
I don't understand why the Patriots didn't actually start over. Like, and you might as well have just kept Bill if you're, again, not, well, what else are you changing in the organization? I know they're going to look for a GM, but still. But, and you hired a head coach before you hired a GM too. I also don't like that. It's like you're, so you're limiting your GM pool because like maybe they would have wanted to bring in their own head coach. Well, it sounded like Robert Kraft made the decision with on Gerard Mayo being the next guy in line the minute they went on that trip together to Israel in 2019 or whatever year it was. That's when it sounded like Mayo won. I mean, listen, he already won. Which the is fine if Bill over. retired. If Bill was like, hey, this is good. Right. This is still good. It may yeah. not be Super Bowl level, but this is still good. They had the third worst season in the NFL last year. Right. Um, here's the problem. I don't care how good a coach you are. If they do not get the right quarterback in there, it's going to suck, and it could suck for a long time in that division. So you better make sure that whoever you take, what do they have, the third pick, right, yeah. in the draft? You better make sure you get that one right. Because... Which will be the third quarterback, right? And I, I understand, I like, I don't understand, and maybe they'll change their fucking mind, but I also don't believe in taking a like. Let's say if they have like two quarterbacks who they think are worthy of a top five pick, uh-huh. and those quarterbacks go one two. So you're just you're just kind of handing yourself. Well, we're taking quarterback because we need a quarterback type thing. Um, no, you, know. you could trade out and go get the best one next year. You know, yeah. somebody's going to want that third pick for whatever. I mean, absolutely. We, like, there's going to be if unless quarterback goes one two three with the Bears, Commanders, and Patriots, which is very realistic yeah. like if one of those teams doesn't want to take a quarterback they will be trading out so yeah I mean listen to me I, I compare this to D'Amico Ryans from the standpoint of former linebacker leader in the locker room obviously Houston didn't have the success when D'Amico Ryans was there that the Patriots and Gerard Mayo did but we're talking about young guys in their 30s who you know have had experience, and now they're taking over the reins. D'Amico Ryan seems like he is off and running, but he wouldn't be anywhere without C.J. Stroud. It would have been a four-win team, as good as D'Amico Ryan's is. It doesn't matter. All we talked about is how good C.J. Stroud is. And so now that pairing will take Houston who knows where over the next decade. But, man, if it's just Gerard Mayo and he's got nobody to ride shotgun with him, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, to me, the Patriots, it's about talent acquisition, you know, because they don't like they don't have any receivers. They don't. They really just don't like Michael and Wainu, who they're probably their best offensive player as a free agent. Their other offensive lineman, Trent Brown, he he has made some things about not wanting to stay. Obviously, he was a healthy scratch at the end of the season. Out of a fu by Bill Belichick, oh. things could be different under Mayo. So, getting the quarterback right, but also getting offensive coordinator and some offensive talent because they don't have much. Nope. And defensively, they haven't been flushed with talent. They've just been really well coached, and that's right. a credit to Gerard Mayo and Bill. Yep. All right, uh, let's get ready for some fun football this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, two games each day. We cannot wait, and we will be back uh, at it on Monday to break it all down. For producer Mikey and Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world, I am Chris Rose. We will see you after the divisional round here on Football Today.